honest hockey talk and opinions. This is Penalty Box Radio. Live with Alex Doherty and Sean Smith on Smashville's best sports talk, 1025 and 1063 The Game and the Game Nashville app. Hello and welcome to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. I'm your host, Alex Doherty. Joining me is Sean Smith. Sean, what's up? Hey, Alex. What's up? Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, thanks. I know you wanted to talk about that tonight. Today on the show, the Nashville Predators continue to struggle. But most most recently, that struggle included a 4-2 to loss to the New Jersey Devils, where Andrew Burnett had some, some uh, tough words for his team after the game. Uh, he said they were too soft around the net. He said they were. Uh, uh, he said some. We're going to hear from him in a second. Yeah, it, was, it, was, uh, it was not a great. There, uh, was, there wasn't much help. He was not happy. Um, but, but Sean, elsewhere in the organization, the Milwaukee Admirals they can't lose. No. And they've now won 15 straight games in the AHL. And to help us explain why, we're going to talk to head coach Carl Taylor. That's going to be in the second segment. He's oh, going to join us. It's going to be great. Really excited about that. All of that and more coming up on Penalty Box Radio Live. The three-on-three draft, of course. We'll finish off with that. But, Sean. Alex. The puck drop topic. Do you think Luke Evangelista's second period goal should have counted last night? Remember, the call on the ice was no goal. And their video video review said no goal. What do you think? Should it have been a goal? Look, Alex, every week you ask me a question to get things started, and I feel uh-huh. like you know what I'm going to say and you just want to disagree with me. And look, tonight I don't care that you disagree with me. I know you're going to disagree with me, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> when you start talking, I'm going to stop listening for a minute. But here's the thing. That goal crossed the that putt crossed the line. The goal counts. And you know, you're like, well, they, they had to review it and there wasn't any good angle and all this stuff. And you're, it doesn't really matter in the outcome. And they gave up elite, whatever. Jeff Middleton was able to get, get proof of that before they were able to come in and announce that it wasn't a goal. That was a goal. Luke Evangelista scored it. I don't care what you say. I, I just, I'm trying to operate in the world of reality where, <laughs> I, look, I, I think it's probably likely that it went over the line. I mean, I, I'm looking at a picture here. I, I'm, I've seen multiple pictures of it. I think it is probably likely it went over the line. But it, the problem is they called it no goal on the ice. I mean, I'm sorry. Has there is there a history of referees calling no goal on the Nashville Predators when in reality they scored? Yes. True. That has happened multiple times in very big games. And last night it happened again. And by rule, video reviews have to have – Pretty much overwhelming evidence on the contrary. I would not call these fuzzy pictures of possible pucks over the line as as evidence. I just I wouldn't call it that, especially because you don't have a top down view. That and I will say that that is very important in these top down views where you can see white in between the puck and the goal line. That is what they look for. I'm just I'm dishonest. I'm, that's what they look, that's what they look for. You had a um, a three quarter angle from the side showing what looks like the puck over the line, but we don't know for sure. Are you are you done? <laughs> yes, are you I'm done, done being a naysayer? Yeah, are I you am. done just disagreeing with me because it's fun to do? And by the way, I don't think it didn't have any impact impact on the game. I do think it impacted it the did. game. It um, did. I mean, that would have they would would have been tied late, you know, obviously. And also, there were other look. The last night's game was really a rough one for for Nashville. Agree, um, agree. And I want to spend some time talking about it because I think it's a pretty important to to break that one down. Um, but let's actually hear from Andrew Burnett. So this was after the game. Let me set the stage here first. Okay. 
practice at Monday, Monday's practice, he was not a happy coach. They were apparently they were sloppy. I, I thought it was an effort thing, but they were apparently pretty sloppy at practice. He stopped it in the middle of practice, said a lot of loud words that weren't very things things you can say on the air. Wow, and made him skate. Yikes. And then afterwards was like, that was a bad practice. We asked him about it. He kind of was like, I, you know, he was he was asked, did they improve after you stopped it? And he was kind of like, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he was not impressed. And and then so and then all right. So let's listen to this. This is Andrew Burnett after the four to two loss at home last night against New Jersey. Here he is. His thoughts on the game. Yeah, yeah. Kind of started yesterday in practice and carried over to today. It's frustrating. Um, I don't know how many games we've let points fly away in the last five, last 13 seconds. It just we're hard-headed, I guess, um, not understanding. But I think tonight it, it was it was leaky all night. It was, it was about. I mean, the only reason it was where it was was Juice played unbelievable. We didn't. Uh, they were way more desperate than we were for some reason. Um, you know, they played the night before. They had more energy than we had. So there's a lot of things that were extremely disappointing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that kind of summarized our game. I think uh, we, you know, I think we decided to, to change and then go back on. And then somebody thought he was changing. So we had too many men. So, and that was kind of the mentality of, of how we played tonight and how we prepared and started again yesterday, how we prepared to come to practice yesterday. And we played like we practiced yesterday. Played like we practiced yesterday, yeah. which is to say bad. Well, and, and that's, you know, I mean, I've coached young kids playing baseball, and that's something we've had to tell little kids in practice. Like, hey, you're going to play the way you practice, and if you're not taking this seriously here on a Tuesday on Saturday morning at 6.30 when we get the field, we're not going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that the question in the middle of that was actually me. I was asking him about the delay of game call. So he, they had this moment where they got a delay. They had a delayed penalty, and Soros is coming off, but someone gets on too early and gets a delay of game. Yeah. I mean, that's you just you not you don't see that very often because no. man, you just can't do that. You can't. It was oh, awful, man. and he was like, "That was a good example of how the game went, and it was sloppy from start to finish." But it wasn't just that. I mean, New Jersey was just. Th- for a team that just played 24 hours prior. Right. I mean, they were coming off of a game the night before with the same goalie with the in the same net, goalie in is, net. I mean, that's very I was every abnormal. every period I was anticipating, okay, here's where they fall off. You see right. this a lot with second game back-to-back game teams as they have a really hot start because they're still amped up from the night before, but then the wall hits, it's especially just, a third period wall. There's fall off. Man, they got better. Yeah. I mean, they got faster and stronger. They were beating them all over the ice. It was it was wild. And it, it's it's interesting, you know, the, the choice of words there is is they they played with more desperation. Yeah, they more desperate, and that that, that doesn't imply like uh, sloppiness or with reckless abandon. That what that says is, you know, here 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 are the predators, a team that's that's in the playoff chase. They're in the hunt for this this wild card spot, and for whatever reason. The team isn't coming out and playing like they're in that chase. They're not. They're not desperate. They don't. They're not playing like they want it. And the Devils, on the other hand, for whatever reason, showed up and were ready to play despite having just played. 
Yeah, it was it was a rough game all around, and um, we we also had we, we kind of have to discuss this as well as part of what happened there. So, the news on Monday was that Philip Tomasina was sent down, Correct. which we are going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show for obvious reasons. But um, Igor Afanasyev and Mark Jankowski are called up. So I, I'm just I'm thinking about those two in particular. <laughs> What a rough start to like your return to Nashville. First of all, you get a practice where <laughs> you just got there. <laughs> Turns into a bag skate. <laughs> I know. You ju- you just got there. You had maybe 5 minutes to get ready and 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 well, I mean, y- you you just got in back in town. Some of these guys you don't even know. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, I'm I guess we're being sloppy today. I guess we have to we have to skate extra and then and then the game that they played they had a rough, rough night. Yeah, I mean that they were together with Evangelista, and the numbers were bad. Like they got they got caved in at all, almost every chance they were out there. They were not good. Yeah, I, you know I I remember getting to the game and saying like, okay, Afanasyev's here, Jankowski's here. They're playing with Evangelista. But, you know. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, this this should be interesting. And then I remember going, ah, oh, oh no. Yeah. Like that was. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I don't blame them for that. I, th- no. They were that was a almost a no win situation for them no, to come in and, and no try way. to try to s- solve that. I blame the other nine forwards mostly. Well, other ten forwards, Evangelista included. But I mean, the the top line was bad. Sissons, Trent, and Smith not good. The Novak Glass line was actually pretty good. That was probably their best line last night, and they still weren't that great. I mean, I'm trying to think. I. I think the glass line, glass. In fact, Cody Glass might have been the best forward last night. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Because he, he was kind of, he got moved up, right? I mean, yeah. he got when Nyquist had to leave the game randomly in the third. The glass got moved up to that line. Yeah. He was probably pretty good. He was probably one of their best players. But the defense was bad. Roman Yossi, I don't understand what happened on the the Jack Hughes goal. I mean, he I, just. I watched that several times. I think did he think that the guy like going to the center of the ice was gonna get that pass? I mean, Jack Hughes. Why would and, Jack Hughes pass? And like, also, shoot it? did he think that? Did he know that Barry? I think is who it was. Was already had the the pass covered. He was covering no one, and he just gave Jack Hughes all of that time. It was a very atypical play from Roman Yossi. I mean, on very captain's atypical. night, nonetheless. On, on cap on this. Captain's yeah. night. Yeah, Shea Weber shaking his head in the stands. Just disappointed. Come on, Roman. What are you doing? Check that guy into the into the boards. Close that gap. Do you think? You think afterwards he took him like he's like, hey, buddy, let's <laughs> let's go have a little talk. Well, Shea Weber was not in the mood to talk yesterday. I'll tell you that. Well, <laughs> for those that don't know, Shea Weber did not talk to us. Uh, he was in town for Captain's Night, and we didn't get to talk to him. Well, I mean, Alex, he's he's under contract with another team. <laughs> I don't know that you can really blame him. I mean, yes, that's the, what the, the Predators don't have any control over over him <laughs> right now. It's, that is I, what we were told, Sean. I think, I want to say, I'm not sure, I haven't checked in a while, but is he still under contract to Vegas? Is that I, correct? I thought it was Arizona. I, I don't know. I, I can't remember. Let me, let, me, let me check that. But yes, we didn't get to talk to him on, uh, is his contract, oh no, it is, yeah, it's Vegas, yeah. I don't know why I thought Arizona. Oh no, so, oh, no part of his contract... Yeah, his contract is he's on injured reserve with Arizona. Oh, what with Arizona? Arizona Coyotes wow. great Shea Weber was in the building last night, and uh, <laughs> because of his contract situation with the Arizona Coyotes, he could not talk. I, to us. I get it. <laughs> I get it. It's okay. It doesn't bother me at all. But man, it was a it was a bad loss. Um, we didn't really talk about the speaking of Arizona, the five four overtime oh, win over Arizona. Yeah. 
Ryan McDonough got the winner. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty cool. That was a good game. I mean, coming back from the break and, and having that, but it all just came crashing down last night, just being completely outworked and out opportunitied all over the place. Yeah, so not not what you want to see. Um so yeah, anyways, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later on, but we are about to have an awesome person on so to talk excited. about uh, some hockey, and uh, so after the break, we're going to be joined by head coach Carl Taylor of the Milwaukee Admirals um, to discuss all kinds of things going on with that team. But Nashville, if you're looking to buy, sell, re- or invest in real estate, look no further than Salus Realty Group. Salus is not just about property, they're about people. They build long-lasting relationships that are about you, your needs, and your dreams. Salus Realty Group stands for Trust, Transparency, and Community, and they're committed to making a positive impact in Middle Tennessee one home at a time. Ready to make a move? Visit Salus Realty Group. That's S A L sorry S A L L I S Realty Group, and experience real estate the Salus way. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Penalty Box Radio Live. Very very excited this segment to. Uh, bring on this guest we're about to talk to and we're bringing on Milwaukee Admirals head coach Carl Taylor and if you've been paying attention to the Predators to Penalty Box Radio to anything Alex and I have been saying over the past few weeks and you will know that the Milwaukee Admirals are on an absolute heater right now in the AHL with a 15 game win streak which is a franchise record for the Milwaukee Admirals. They are way ahead in the standings, and they're just they, they can do no wrong right now. And we've got the man in charge of that team, Carl Taylor, with us right now. Carl, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I, I cannot complain. I absolutely cannot complain. Really glad to have you here. Uh, first, you know, let's just get right into it. You're you're on a 15 game win streak. That is a franchise record. It's incredible. Like what what's clicking? What's going right for the Admirals right now? Well, I, I think it, uh, you know, it, it, it starts with the players that you've been uh, uh, blessed with. And then our management team's done a really good job with uh, some of the selections. Obviously, we have a lot of young forwards here. And having the opportunity to work with talent always assists what the coaches are trying to do. Uh, but management, number one, has got us good players. I think, number two, the players that are here and how invested they are in what we do and how we go about, about our business, I think that's a critical piece. And then obviously our coaching staff and the people involved in Milwaukee and how we go about our business and what we do as far as coaching and trying to develop and win, but also help these guys uh, go into positions where they are allowed to fail, but also to grow their game. So I, I think it's a multiple of things. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Harris Tour and what he does for us as an owner in Milwaukee here as far as uh, assisting the coaching staff, making our job easier as we try to create the environment here. So uh, in the middle of this streak, right, and I, I don't want to just talk all about the streak, but it's hard not to, what is it like day to day? Is this, is this something, is this a regular topic of conversation? Like, guys, we've got to keep the streak going. I mean, obviously you want to win every game. But is that, is, that a, is that a point of contention? Is that something that's part of the conversation on a regular basis, or is there just not a lot of emphasis being placed on it? Well, it's, it's, uh, everyone knows what's happening, right? So you can't pretend that it's not occurring. Uh, we're trying to enjoy it as much as we can. Obviously, last Saturday when we broke our previous record of 13, uh, that was a big night at home. There was a concert night afterwards. Uh, Cheap Trick played, if you remember who they are. <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> Anyways, they had a post-game concert. Anyway, it was a big event for the uh, for our franchise here in Milwaukee and for the players. Uh, so I, I think for us as a staff, our focus has been on um, how do we survive the success, and I think that's what you look for. Um, we got to keep the group really focused on why are we having the success we're having? Where's where's the positives? What are the guys doing? What are they can control? I think once you start reading the newspapers and listening to all the all the people tell you how great you are, that's when you're going to find failure. So, hey, we're going to lose a game again. We all know that. Uh, we're not focused on that. We're going to try to ride it as long as we can. Uh, but as a staff, we're really just having meetings, talking about focusing on why are we having success? How do we continue it? Uh, we don't really talk about the streak. I'm sure the players do a bunch. Uh, obviously, it's an exciting thing and a fun thing and a very unusual thing. Uh, the players and everyone should be trying to enjoy it as much as possible because uh, th- these things don't happen very often. It's a hard sport, and uh, I know the staff at times, we found ways to enjoy it as well. And It's, it's, it's easy to look for the negatives sometimes, but uh, it's harder when you're on a heater like this. <laughs> Carl, hey, it's Alex here. It's great to talk to you. Hey, and um, listen, uh, I want to ask you about Philip Tomasino. He, you know, he just just got him back there. You, you've seen him for uh, several games last year. I know you you just saw him last night. Um, and you know, he's he's a guy that you know has been a, a big part of you know the recent youth run here in Nashville. But now he's back in Milwaukee. I'm curious about what you see in his game, and and in particular what. What maybe needs the most improvement? Because, you know, you guys have to not only try to win games, but you're trying to develop these 18, 20, 22-year-old guys into into NHL talent. What do you see in Tomasino that needs the most improvement right now? Yeah, so, like, he's only been here two days, right? He had one practice and he had one game. So uh, I can speak about the past and where he's been and all those kinds of things. But for us, we don't get into the whys or why are you here or how did you get here or for us, whenever the player uh, arrives, we welcome them with open arms. Uh, we try to sit down and, and review where we're going, how we're going to go about our business with them. Uh, we try to give them the world and have them hold on to it as far as opportunity. I think last night Phil played just under 19 minutes in the game. Uh, he was on power play and five-on-five and four-on-four. We didn't use him in a penalty kill situation last night. And you also want to set up the player for success. And so for us, we want to give them a ton of ice time, uh, lots of coaching, lots of individual meetings. Uh, you know, we've been guided, and uh, we always ask for tips from uh, Nashville and what the coaching staff and Bruno and I talk and the managers talk. And, you know, what are the main things you want to see improve here? We'll focus in on that with uh, Phil to make sure that we're working towards the right goal and tighten it up his game so when he does return, he's a, a more complete player and a more confident player. Well, you just mentioned uh, talking to Nashville. Um, so I, I want to say, sometime earlier in the season, uh, you were on a show. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure what it was, and you were talking about because yep. there was there was a lot of discussion. You know, when John Hines was here, like that the sort of strategy coaching was really closely aligned between the NHL and the and, and the AHL, but that this year it's more like. I don't know, eighty percent, something like that. It's it's not like exactly aligned. It's it's kind of just close. I'm curious about the difference there. What what would you say is the biggest difference between the two right now, or is it more similar than we would think? Yeah, that's just a random number. I may have used that number <laughs> back in the fall, but you know, I didn't use an analytical study to come up. With that. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno and I talk a lot, and we're we want the players to play the same system. And there might be a tweak here or there, whether it's a face-off or what have you. 
uh, we're very aligned. And Bruno and I talk. If he changes something, I'm getting information about that. And it goes back and forth. We share information. But uh, we play the same as Nashville. There's small little tweaks. Because every coach wants to be able to have impact in any uh, any game or any moment and be able to have some room to wiggle as a coach to be have uh, an opportunity to win win on that evening but system wise we're 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 uh, uh, whatever the number is we play the same way Fair with enough. the same with same same uh, focus we want to play fast we want to defend quick we want to get the puck back we want to attack with the puck those are all things we're trying to do as well uh, very, very in line with what uh, Andrew wants to do in, in uh, Nashville. Gotcha. That makes sense. Carl, I'm, I'm very interested from a, from a coaching standpoint, more specifically an AHL coaching standpoint, how do you reconcile this kind of paradox that if you do your job well enough, and not only are you winning games, that you're developing players, that you're actually coaching your players off of your team? <laughs> well, that's that's the job, right? And so... If you don't like your job, then don't complain about it. Go get a different one. That's our goal here. So uh, we enjoy it. Uh, it. It does make it challenging at times. Like uh, we were on this great run here, and then Igor and, and uh, Mark got the opportunity to go up. Uh, it was uh, overdue. They were playing great. It was a great opportunity for them. Um, and we want that. And what it does for us is, you know, you're on this streak, and winning never gets boring obviously we want to do it every single day but you know saturday's game against texas we got outplayed probably didn't deserve to win the game the goalie saved it for us we found a way to get it done you're getting a little stale usually when that happens on the end of a good run you end up winning a couple that you shouldn't and then usually you get stung so um those guys going up actually was a great thing in my opinion one they deserved it and they've earned that opportunity. But, two, it got me the attention of the dress room again and allowed me to, mm-hmm. hey, these guys got an opportunity. You know, there's a couple knocks on the door. Guys are wondering, hey, what about me? I'm still here. And all that stuff happens. It's just very normal at this level. And so we're excited when players get opportunities. We want to help them. Uh, we don't want them just to get a call-up, though. We want to help them go and stay and stick. And, and so it's a long-term goal of ours to – uh, work with the players and, and and not just get a chance there, but we hope they go and they stay and they establish themselves and they're able to build their career from there. The the goalies have been crazy. I mean, I, I was looking at the stats over the over just over this streak, and and those two have been unbelievable. I mean, Grosnick and and, and Askarov are, are just like on a tear. Especially Grosnick, I think he's won his last twelve games in a row or something like that. Um, how much? How directly do you work with the co- with the goalies? Because you know you got Jason Barron there, and then obviously you've had great yeah. goalie coaches in the past. But how, how often? You know, how often are you working with those guys? So I give the goalie coach a lot of leeway, and so sometimes uh, when Dave Rook was here, now it's Jason Barron. They are development coaches, and so they're not here twenty four seven. They I forget what the number is. It's probably three weeks out of a month here, and they travel a month or excuse me a week. Uh, to visit with other goalies in our uh, system and to do some scouting. Uh, so when they're gone, we do a little more with the goaltenders, but just based on what they want us to do. So uh, Jason's on a trip now, so over these next couple of days, we'll be, Jay, what do you want us to do? Uh, we talk to the goalies in that manner. I do not tell the goalie to go reverse VH on the post. Or, there's no tactical or technical <laughs> skills coming from me. Uh, it's a very different position, and we trust the goaltending department to handle that. Obviously, Ben and Jason, it was Ben and Dave before. So Ben comes and visits us two or three times a year as well uh, just to get a touch and get make sure he's building his relationship with future goalies that might be in Nashville. So we let them handle all that. The department I always work with, 
and I support the goaltending coach is that effort, professionalism, all those things that I can demand as a head coach or ask for, those are the areas I work with the goalies. And there's lots of conversations. Obviously, they're very important people to us. Um, some of my favorite because it's only me and them that get wins and losses. So if you're the only ones getting the L's, you want to have a really close relationship with those guys. Carl, are you, are you telling me that you, you didn't show uh, Yaroslav how to do that uh, windmill kick save he did last night? You, you didn't directly show him how to do that? Yeah, no, not at all. I might have did it actually accidentally falling in practice at some point uh it was not uh not not something i would be instructing or trying to demonstrate it might take me a while to get off the ice but uh, it was great save he, he made a read on him and he's you know he's done it and you see in the all-star he had a good a uh, good poke check and he, he he reads the player and reads their eyes and usually he's been very successful if you're going to be doing that once in a while you're going to get stung but we'll take the nine really good ones for the one bad one okay carl i you know, entertain me here for a minute with this question. But yeah. at the end of last season, we were speculating that you seemed like a, a very strong candidate for uh, not not just an NHL coaching job, for the Preds head coaching job. Uh, you know, how close did you come to – I know you were interviewed. I know you were one of the candidates. How close did you come to that position? And, you know, was, was there any other talk – were there any other knocks on the door, to use your terminology out there, uh, when it came to an NHL position for you? Yeah, I think I think Barry's handled that question pretty well. He said, you know, down to three guys, we had an opportunity there. Um, and, you know, it would have been great. It's something I'm striving for and something I would love to have an opportunity to do, whether it's in uh, uh, Nashville or another NHL team. That's something that I really would like to do at some point and have that opportunity. Uh, there were some other interviews last year in the summer. And, uh, you know, things work out the way they do for certain reasons. You never really... Uh, you can't focus on it. You got to be really focused on what you're trying to do. Um, and in the end, there's a reason. Sometimes we don't always know why things go a certain way, but there's always a really good reason. And, and in retrospect, you usually, uh, when you look back, uh, the actual process of going through it was very healthy for me uh, with Nashville and another organization. So the, those things are good experiences. They become. Uh, you get to evaluate yourself as you're going through it, right? You know, what were the hard questions they asked? What were the holes in your game? What can you do better? Mm. Uh, what, what made you uncomfortable? Um, all that is part of your my development and, and where I'm trying to go. Uh, the thing to always remember is I got a great job here. We really love Milwaukee. We love what we do. Yes, I would love to coach in the National Hockey League and have that opportunity, but it's always good when you have a job in your back pocket, something you really enjoy that – um, and you're and you're being supported. You know we we've, we've been supplied with good players. Uh, our manager Scott Nickel does a very good job attaining mm-hmm. talent. He does a great job supporting us. Last year when Nashville uh, called up, I don't know half our team or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you know he did a great job managing and bringing in pieces to help us tread water until the end of the season when we received some of those guys back. So Scott's very committed to winning here and trying to have a winning. Uh, uh, product, but also in the development and what we're trying to do as a crew and our staff, you know, like Greg uh, Rallo and Scott Ford, we're all very focused on pushing these players to the next level and attaining success within it as well in a winning environment. And lots of people will go back and forth and how do you, you know, you can't have one without the other. And uh, I think you can do both. I think it's a, a little bit of a juggling act at times, but there's definitely a way to do it, and obviously it's going pretty good for us right now. Well, any any NHL teams out there that are in the on the hunt for a for a coaching job, there's a there's a guy in Milwaukee that has a one and zero NHL career right now. Um, because we two and zero, two and zero. 
two two and oh sorry two and oh yeah yeah let me correct you on that one i'm gonna go two and oh two and oh that's right yeah well uh they're 15 and oh in their last 15 games and they go for 16 against manitoba this weekend three games on the road that's gonna be a tough uh for, former you know play playoff matchup from last year uh, against manitoba two in a row so uh here's ho- hoping the uh the, the admirals can keep it going thank you so much carl for joining us we really appreciate it yes thank you guys love the time anytime thank you very much for having me all right we'll be right back Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live. It's me, Sean Smith, and this segment of Penalty Box Radio Live is brought to you by the Music City Marauders. Spots are filling up quickly for the Music City Marauders Hockey Association Spring Skills Camp. Give your youth hockey player the best opportunity to be ready for the 2024 tryout season. Head over to musiccitymarauders.com now to reserve your spot or get on the wait list before it's too late. All right, we're back. We just got done talking to the man... The myth, the legend, <laughs> head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals. The 15-game win streak, Yeah, Milwaukee Admirals, Carl Taylor. Incredible interview. And really I, good stuff. I, I just want to say this, but uh, and we're going we're gonna to unpack a lot of what we just talked about. But mm-hmm. I want to say this, is that I think one of the things I appreciate the most about, about Carl Taylor, and, and I, I know I've talked about him a lot over the years, but I think if, if this is your first time hearing him speak, this is why. He's very transparent. With things, and mm-hmm. I think that when, when you have a situation like now, where you have a player on the team you're you're following, like Philip Tomasino, that you're concerned about, you want to know what's going on, and you see this move happen, right? They, he's sent to the AHL, and you, you okay. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, Carl just explained it to you. He told you exactly what's going to happen. He told you exactly what they're going to do, and I think it's important that people understand that sending Philip Tomasino to the AHL is not a punishment. It's not, it's not something that's happening because, well, we're disappointed. We're going to send him to the AHL. It's, this is, okay, we're going to send you to the AHL because he said it himself. You're gonna, he, he was played 19 minutes. In, in Nashville, mm-hmm. he was getting like 10 a night, yeah. or he was healthy scratched. You've yeah. got to touch the puck if you're going to get better. Yeah, and he was very honest about you know where, where he wants to go, but, but, I don't, but here's the thing. Like, I don't get the impression he's – you know, disgruntled being no. the being being the coach of this team, right? I mean, Goodness, no. you could you could easily. I mean, a, a lesser man would be very um, dissatisfied or chip on shoulder yeah, kind of attitude. Sure. I, I didn't get that impression. No. I also think you know, you know, he he alluded to he'd had other conversations. Not surprised. You know, we we know and he he responded to the question about the NHL jobs about. Uh, you know how Barry Trotz put it: like there were three candidates, basically yeah. they all got equal time, and he went with Brunette. That that makes sense. Um, but there were other conversations that Carl Taylor had with other teams, and I think that's going to happen this summer too. Oh, I think it is. I think there's no way, and I think that at the un- unless Nashville does something about that, they're going to lose him. Oh yeah, and and look, you know, they're right now there are only thirty two. NHL head coach spots you know there's there's only 32 (laughs) you have to know that if you're a coach at at a different level if you're an assistant coach or you're the head coach in the AHL that you know it just might not be your time the first time you get an interview yeah the time might not be right the situation may not be right and and while they may think okay you know they they went with brunette does that mean that they think about the job he does in milwaukee and how good he's been and if this team is one that's going to work towards being uh, a perennial playoff 
team. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to develop the youth. Yeah. And they've got that. Yeah. It So, and the, one of the reasons I wanted to ask about the goalies and how close he works with them. Um, yeah. They, so he, he mentioned Dave Rook. I, I wanted to get, we didn't have a lot of time. So I wanted to actually ask him a little bit more about Dave Rook. I, I, I know him a little bit and he's actually in Anaheim now. He's working with the, the goalies in Anaheim. I think he's an assistant goaltending coach there. Uh, but there, the development that they've had over the years with goaltending is speaks for itself. But then also, I mean, getting a hometown kid like Troy Grosnick yeah. to just be, I mean, ungodly back. I mean, he's been crazy good. And then also develop Askarov where he's at right now. That is so hard to do. I mean, to be to get both of those goalies, this goalie tandem, to be that good over this long stretch of time... I mean, that's not just like one guy's on a tear, right? right? It's right. not just one guy's getting lucky and the other guy's just like normal. Both of them are good, and that's what's crazy. Well, both of them are good, and, and it's not a situation like a lot of people probably think where, oh, well, Eskarov is, is he's the number one guy, yeah. and Grosnick's the backup, and he's come in and played a couple of games and played good. Grosnick is on a, on a tear, yeah, an absolute tear. And did you see, you know, Carl mentioned the Cheap Trick concert, which I— <laughs> It's always exciting. Have you ever been to a cheap trick concert? No, but I bet you've been to multiple, haven't you? Well, no, I've I've been to the one. You you've only been to one? I've only been to one. Okay, but I, I mean they put on an incredible show. I'm sure they do. I mean, uh, Rick Nielsen, the lead. I don't know that I could name a song. Well, I was going to say I, I wanted to ask her. We didn't have time to ask yeah. Carl, but when I saw them play, they didn't play Surrender, Alex. Okay. I'm assuming they played at Milwaukee, but they also brought Grosnick <laughs> up on stage. Did you see that? I didn't see that. They no. brought him up on stage. Crowd went absolutely <laughs> insane. It was awesome. That's cool. Like you said, hometown guy yeah. coming in, veteran presence, leading Eskarov, showing him like, hey, look, this is how you do things, man. Right right now, I just want to mention this. Eskarov has played 25 games. Grosnick's played 19. Now, also, Scarf, we probably should mention Scarf had a little bit of an injury issue. I think he had a back issue, maybe. There was a little bit of something, and then there was something the other night. He got pulled from the lineup, I think, because of uh, either an illness or something. But regardless, they've played almost very close to the same number of games. Right. They have a very similar save percentage. Scarf's got 18 wins. Grossing's got 14. Um, I think they both have a yeah three shutouts for Scarf, two for Troy Grossing. So. Um, I don't know. The goaltending is is a is a, con- a constant thing because what are we talking about now with the National Predators? Is UC Soros going to get traded? That's a big issue. Well, we are learning every single day the more about more about Askarov and how ready he is. I mean, going into next year, it seems very clear that Askarov is going to be in Nashville. Oh yeah, and will Soros be there with him or not? And that's we don't know the answer to that, but. The the goaltending development down there has just been fantastic, and I, I got you got to credit. I mean, because Dave Rook's gone, Jason yeah. uh, Barron's now Barron's there now. I gotta I gotta put a little bit of the weight of that on on Carl Taylor, like credit, I guess not weight, but credit. What do you mean for going out and finding another goaltending? Either coach? that or just what he's done. I know he says he doesn't work with them directly, but yeah, for for finding the right staff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, Carl Taylor's doing an outstanding job there. I, I'm excited. Alex about the future and what you see developing there and what mm-hmm. you know is coming. And like you said, there are some question marks that remain unanswered. Yeah. You know, who's who's going to be 
the, what's the tandem going to be in Nashville next year? Yeah. We, we know Eskarov's going to be there. Will Saros be there with him? We don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll know maybe in a few weeks. That's right. I want to I mention or talk a little bit about Philip Tomasino and maybe what he said and, and maybe some of our thoughts as well, as well as we've got the three-on-three draft coming up after this. But, um, look, Nashville Predators are – oh, sorry. If you're buying a home can be really stressful. can. It's a huge decision. There's a lot of things to consider and analyze. But with the experienced real estate professionals at Salus Realty Group, you can find your dream home in the most vibrant and dynamic city in the world, Nashville, Tennessee. Whether you are a first-time home buyer, investor, or selling your property, the Salus Realty Guy team guides you every step of the way. They've got intimate knowledge of everything they need to know. They'll match you with your perfect home to suit your lifestyle and needs. If you want to get started, go to salusrealtygroup.com. That's S-A-L-L-I-S realtygroup.com and experience real estate the Salus way. Welcome back to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group. Salas Realty Group, your premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Boy, there's a lot to talk about there with him, with, with Carl Taylor. We were just talking about our uh, our conversation with the head coach of the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, but one thing I wanted to, to mention, and we are going to do the three-on-three draft um, at the end of this segment, of course, but the Philip Tomasino thing... You know, I thought it was kind of interesting. Oh, l- actually, let's let's talk about it like this okay. because I think the the, the bigger okay. thing was remember we, we had him clarify the the percent difference right. between the two. You know, NHL because he he was on a show earlier in the season. I'm not sure which show it was where he was talking about the difference between you know the NHL the the Pred system and the Admiral system. Right under John Hines, it was like very clearly locks in lockstep. Everything's kind of the same, and then. What I remember is him saying something like, "It's this year. It's about eighty percent difference with brunette." But he kind of clarified that, didn't you? Is that how you yeah, interpreted he it? Basically, said he a he made up the number, which I <laughs> right. think is great because yeah. I, I that's something I would do. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, B, uh, biggest thing is he said that it was early in the season. As time's gone on, it's right. It's, it's kind of lined back up. And, and also, it, it was more about like okay, in in a face-off situation, it might be a little different. Maybe in a in a in a defensive regroup, perhaps you know, maybe with a certain kind of defender, you you know, you approach it a little differently. Which right. makes sense that the, these two defenses are pretty different, right? I mean, like the defense, yeah. the blue lines of these two teams could not be. I mean, in Nashville, you got these big behemoth Luke Shins, <laughs> yeah. Jeremy Lozons, and then down there you got like Mark Del Geizo and Spencer yeah. Stastny and fast guys that can skate, Jay Livingstone. So uh, I think there's uh, something to that. But as it relates to Philip Tomasino, you know, I get the impression that he's like, I, I think, you know, losing Afanasiev and Jankowski, but getting Tomasino back, I mean, he pl- he put the guy in immediately and gave him 19 minutes. Yeah, that's big. Yeah. I think he knows that Tomasino needs a lot of minutes. I think that's probably his most important thing. He needs minutes played. That's what he needs more than right. anything. And with that, he'll he'll grow. I, I think about it this way, and I know this sounds dumb, and people may want to be like, oh, it's not the same, but I think it really is. My, my son's coach says that uh, everybody, you know, at, at the nine-year-old age wants to play games, but that practice is much more important yeah. for growth because in a game, a player is only going to touch the puck a certain number of times. In practice, they're going to touch it ten times as much. And and that's the thing is that when you're playing at the NHL level, you're, you know, you're it's limited practice. It's limited, you know, morning skates. And other than that, it's a game. And if you're on the fourth line 
or if you're a healthy scratch, those minutes are very limited. Yeah. Those puck touches aren't coming very often. Going to the AHL and getting double the time automatically on from the jump, Alex, yeah. that's huge. Yeah, and now I'm thinking, like, I, I really wonder what these conversations are like with between Taylor and Brunette. About a guy like Tomasino, yeah, because he's, you know, apparently they talk quite a bit. You know, yeah. they con- con- they converse quite often about the team and about the players and everything. He, he called him Bruno, Alex. Yeah, he, he called him Bruno. That. He's on Bruno name basis. Uh, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, I'm imagining. I, I mean, I'm obviously just making this up. I have no idea what the conversation, but I'm imagining it's like this. Bruno calls him up. Tomasino is just making too many mistakes. We can't trust him late in games. We need him to get more minutes. And Carl says, what? Well, Bruno, that that seems like something we can do down here. (laughs) Now, obviously, Andrew, if you send someone here, you're probably going to have some holes in your roster. What are you interested in in return? (laughs) Well, I imagine Nashville is more like just give us this. It's more of a demand, hand it over kind of situation. I wasn't wasn't prepared for the role play. Yeah, that's that's true. I kind of threw that on you, but... I just I I really I I think I the answer is I don't know I don't know what that conversation is like is he telling him specifically look the kid is not getting back on on transition or is he saying look his wall his play play along the wall is terrible and and I think that's those are the two things right he's not back checking hard enough right he's not winning pucks on the corner or on the, along the walls right he's good when he has the puck in the zone and making decisions there right so I think yeah. that's clear sure but like. I would understand not trusting him in those situations and thinking, you know, if instead of just like giving the guy, giving the kid four minutes in the first, four minutes in the second, and then like one in the third, yeah, go give him nineteen or twenty in the yeah. AHL. Heck yeah! I mean, get it, get him out there, give him a chance. He said it. You know, we're giving these guys a chance to to make mistakes. We're giving these guys a chance to fail. I've said a thousand times, people get frustrated with Dante Fabro because they watched his development at the NHL level. Yeah, he didn't have any time in the AHL to make those mistakes. Were not they weren't under the watchful eye of all the Preds fans. You That's know? right. This gives Tomasino a chance to make those mistakes, and and without it being as high stakes as it is right now at the NHL level. Yeah. Okay, it's time for the three-on-three draft. Let's do this. Today on the three-on-three draft, remember this is where Sean and I draft something that doesn't matter and has nothing to do with hockey, but we are going to draft the job that you wanted when you were nine years old. That's right, and I I get the first pick. You do. What job did you most want when you were nine years old, Sean? All right, number one job I wanted when I was nine years old, I wanted to be the first baseman slash cleanup hitter for the Oakland Athletics. So you wanted to be Mark McGuire. Well, yeah. Who didn't? Right. Okay. Well, you grew up in Oakland in the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to be... <laughs> I wanted to be one half of the Bash Brothers. There you go. One All right. Bash Brother. I... You know what's interesting? I did not have a single... When I was nine years old, sports was not even on my radar. I was... I mean, I was sort of watching it, but I was like... I was a... You'll see with my picks here. Okay. I was a huge nerd. Oh, well, <laughs> it gets worse for me, too. Uh... I, first thing, I wanted to be a train engineer. I wanted to be a train conductor. That's cool. I wanted to be driving trains, who, baby. Who didn't want to be driving trains when you were well, nine? Okay. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, the, it's the, my number one pick. That's I mean, I think it's awesome, a pretty good one. Baby. Yeah, I, I went I went to a friend's birthday party when we were about that age. We went to the train museum. Best day of my life for a <laughs> long time. What was this, like last week? No, I was like nine. <laughs> <laughs> he, All right, he second was my, pick. He was my friend from Aikido lessons. All right. Uh, second pick, and this is exciting. I wanted to be a comic book author. 
Whoa, I, that's you, unique. I had well, my friend was very good at, at drawing. Okay, and we had uh, we had Eagle Man was going to be what? our superhero. I think I had a comic book yeah. author phase. I had a friend that was. This is really strange. I remember this now. It's just all coming back to me. But you picked it, so I didn't. That's right. That's comic book it. author. Uh, second, my second pick is going to be. I wanted to be a zookeeper. Specifically, I wanted to be in charge of keeping uh, <laughs> the wolves. <laughs> I don't know why. I thought wolves were awesome. Wolves pretty legit, man. Yeah, but but here's the funny. I don't even know if zoos have any wolves. I don't know. You know, they brought the wolves back to Colorado. Did you know that? What? They reintroduced Is this wolves. Is a song or something? No. It's, it's like a cheap trick song. It's a know. real thing from life. The night they brought the wolves back to Colorado. I mean that's not a bad. That's that's pretty good. We could we could work with that. Look <laughs> look it up if you're into wolves, which apparently you are or were. I don't know. I just wanted to keep the wolves because I think wolves just looked awesome, and I was like, uh, I mean, zookeeper will be fun too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good one. All right, what's I your like last that. pick? Last pick, and this this again, it's very specific. But back when I was nine, heavily heavily into the Beastie Boys' first album. Uh, me and my next door neighbor Jose listened to it nonstop. Uh, we wanted I, we wanted to have our own group, the Booty Brothers. I wanted to be a rapper, a rapper. And you wait, hold on, back That's up. Right. The Booty Brothers. Yeah, the Booty Brothers. We'd be a lot like the Beastie Boys, but butts were funny back then. Ah, uh, yes. Well, a nine year old. When you're nine years old, butts are pretty funny. Hilarious. What do you mean back then? They're still funny. <laughs> See, <laughs> that's a good point, Connor. Well, you're a lot closer to nine than we are. So rapper. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> rapper, so rapper is your third one. All right. Well, mine is significantly less cool than rapper. I mean, boy, these two things could not be more opposite. I wanted to be a librarian. I'm not even kidding. I really did. I okay. Here's why. Because I was a nerd and I was reading a lot, and a lot of the kids in my class were loud, and I was like talking over, and I couldn't read. So I wanted to be a librarian so I could have like a quiet place with a lot of books and I could read. I get it. I, I guess I just did all my reading at home as an only child. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm just being honest. When I was nine years old, I was really into reading. I was. I mean, too. I still am, but I know. am too. But I, I get it. I mean, I get it. All right. So we have. I had train engineer, or conductor, whatever. Uh, zookeeper, specifically wolves. And librarian. And you had Mark McGuire. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be Mark McGuire. <laughs> uh, comic book author yeah. and rapper. Yeah. Alex, Who? before before we let Connor vote, yeah. can you can you blow the whistle for me? I'm not gonna do that. Just toot just toot. a little toot toot. Just toot toot. Yes. That's not bad. That's pretty good, right? You may have yeah. just gotten bonus points for that <laughs> one. That's true. Alright, who wins, Connor? Uh, can we both win? This was pretty good. There's no ties. Only, no, you gotta there's pick no a ties. This isn't oh, football. Man. No. Uh <laughs> Man, Sean is speaking my language. I'm a big Cardinals fan, so Mark McGuire is my guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves trains. True. And, I mean, the Booty Boys? I mean, you can't beat that Booty name. Booty Brothers. Oh, Brothers. <laughs> Sorry. Brothers. Sorry. <laughs> but Have the, to distinguish ourselves from the Beastie Boys. Yes, the yes, brothers. of course, of course. So Sean wins on that note. Yes! There you go. However, the Toot Toot gets an honorary mention. I get an honorary mention. For my single train Aren't impersonation. A, a, a long, slow, sad whistle. There we go. All right, Sean wins the three-on-three draft this week. Um, the Predators take on the Dallas Stars tomorrow night, and then Saturday they start their road trip in St. Louis, then Vegas. we got to say, next week's show will be a Thursday show, not a Wednesday show. Right. So Thursday, before the Los Angeles Kings game, similar to last time, yeah. will be uh, 
the next show. So a, not, a week and a day until the next uh, Penalty Box Radio Live. Until then, thank you for listening to Penalty Box Radio Live, presented by Salas Realty Group, the premier destination for Nashville, Tennessee real estate. Great show. Carl Taylor was awesome. Yes. Talked a lot about that. And um, we'll see everybody next time. Any last words, Sean? Uh, toot toot. <laughs> Go Booty Brothers.